This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into The Door Report, episode 249 on a still lovely Monday, November 20th, 2023. Still some lovely weather here in Tennessee. Thank you, Global Warming. I am Will Byram, joined as always by my co-host Trevor Hewlin. Here at The Door Report, we are brought to you by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty. If you're a first-time home buyer or looking to move homes in the Nashville area, Corey Perkins is your man. You can reach out to Corey via phone call or text at 615-967-8623, or you can email Corey at Perkins at Realtracks.com. Realtracks spelled R-E-A-L-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Trevor, it's rivalry week. Rivalry week is here. Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Vanderbilt travels on the road to take on the number 18. Is that right? Tennessee Volunteers? I believe so. I believe so. Sitting at seven and four, coming off a drubbing that Georgia put up on them. Thank you to the Georgia Bulldogs for knocking Tennessee down a peg before they release and exercise some demons upon our poor, poor Commodores out there. But me and Trevor are going to do our best to preview this rivalry matchup. 2.30 p.m. SEC Network, as we all remember last year, 56 to nothing. The Tennessee Volunteers rolled. We also have a Vanderbilt basketball victory to get into. The Vanderbilt Commodores squeaked by Central Arkansas 75 to 71, still without Tyron Lawrence, then Alan Lubin, and Lee Dort. And me and Trevor are going to give our predictions for Vanderbilt, Tennessee. We also know that the Vanderbilt basketball team is heading to the, what, Vegas Showdown Tournament? Is yes, that sir. what it's called? Um, at Mandalay Bay or on Mandalay Bay. I've never been to Vegas, so I'm not really sure, but that's where the address is. You've never been to Vegas? Never been to Vegas. Allegedly. Allegedly. Have Allegedly. you been to Vegas? No. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Never. there's some video, there's some photo evidence that Blake Fromang allegedly put out showing that allegedly, of course, that I allegedly was in Vegas. But that's all alleged and allegedly an alleged talk that we will get to in segment one. But Trevor, how are the vibes heading in to Tennessee week? Bad, 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 bad. But with that being said, I hate the balls. We hate the Vols. We're doing our best to keep the shit talk going. <laughs> as much as we possibly can here at TDR, we are doing our part. Along, We're trying. Along with some great partners out there. We're doing our part to keep Rivalry Week going. That is going to throw me off multiple times during this episode. Rivalry Week. 
I'm going to mess that up so many times. So get ready, everyone. But before we get into all that fun and much more, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Door Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trevor, where do you want to start? Football, basketball, where do you think the best place is to dive in here in second? Let's, let's do a little hoops talk first. A little, little hoops, hoops talk. A little hoops action. The Commodores took the hardwood, won their third straight game over Central Arkansas, the Central Arkansas Bears, traveled into Memorial, gave the Commodores a bit of a scare. After the doors came out pretty hot, you're chuckling over on the side here. Why are you laughing? The doors took doors took the hardwood they took the hardwood pause pause <laughs> you gotta pause me you can't just giggle all right it's true yes that's right. i just let it continue you on broke the code whatever <laughs> the doors took the hardwood tdr and the fans continue to take harder wood <laughs> that's the real this is our curse this is our curse this is our curse this is a game i kind of wish we were more instant reacting to i think once football season officially ends we can do some more time related podcast uh-huh. to basketball and different live things because this was an interesting game. I think Vanderbilt in the first half really did have their maybe best offensive half of the season. Mm-hmm. Everything was clicking. Obviously the eye test will tell you, I don't care what Ken Palm or the net tells you this central Arkansas team is the worst team Vanderbilt's played. I agree this year. They were way worse than Presbyterian. I just looked it up today. Presbyterian is sitting at five and one right now but they are still number 279 in the Ken Palm. Dang. But this, that Presbyterian, it's not an excuse. I had a buddy that I went to the game with that kept on telling me and Trevor that this Presbyterian team was going to be different. That Presbyterian team. We laughed team, in his face. Too. We I did was like, you're an idiot. Yeah, we did laugh. <laughs> because he has told me that year after year after year. His name's Shaw. I think he listens. He'll enjoy that he's getting a shout-out. Shout-out, Shaw. Shout-out, Shaw. Got me tickets. Was very respectful after Presbyterian won, so we we do appreciate that because me and Trevor were close to the ledge. Yeah. But that Presbyterian team is good, better than I think their rankings show. This Central Arkansas team was bad. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. And Vanderbilt winning by four, good job getting the win, but I don't think anybody watched that game and went, all is right. Yeah. Everything is right with this team. Once they get Tyron back, once they get Van Allen Lubin back, once they get Lee Dort back, this team's just a machine that needs a few gears back in place, and they're going to be on their way to victories. That's not really how it feels. No. I, I think they struggled. Colin Smith started out that game unconscious. No. I think he had 11 points in the first five minutes. He couldn't miss. And then he just kind of disappeared the rest of the game, only 14 points the remainder of the game. I don't want to put any shade on Colin Smith because he did record a double double. Yeah. And that's something he's his been first career double double. Yep. That's been something that he's he's added to his game. He's a force on the boards. Mm-hmm. And and it's been four games. It has been lesser competition. He's been playing the four, so maybe it's his athleticism being able to take advantage of these matchups. 
But right now, Colin Smith is doing a great job cleaning up the glass from that three slash four position. And that's yep. not something you always get. No, absolutely not. Um, if he if he played his I don't even know if this is Colin Smith's A game. So I don't want to say if he played his A game, but if he played just semi decent ball, Vanderbilt is undefeated right now. I would say so. Um, because he had a really, really bad first wor- game against Presbyterian. His worst game. His worst game was, and would you call that? I know it's hard to judge it. Would you call him the X factor for this team? I think so. I think we said that before the season. I know I said before the season. He's obviously not Tyron, so I don't want this to get misconstrued as he's more important to this team than Tyron. Because I think through four games, we already know that's not the case. But I think, and so far, I seem to be pretty right. This team will go as Colin Smith goes. I th- I think. Well, when we say X factor, I hate I hate how the X factor gets thrown around because the nice neck pop. Oh, right that there. I, don't, so I don't know if good. you would hear that through the mic, but it, wow, it, I know was, that so good. That was erotic. But I haven't thought this through. We'll see if this comes off as dumb. The term X factor has been really thrown around on like ESPN and random little preview podcasts, yeah. and they'll say the X factor to this game is the best player on the team. Yeah. That's not what an X factor is. Exactly. Like even right now without Tyron, I think Ezra Mignon is the most important piece to this Vanderbilt team. Yeah. But he, but he is so consistent that he, he's just expected. He's Ezra. I never expect Ezra to come out there and just have a terrible game. No, because it's really not what he does. It's not dependent on the outside shot falling. He's going to run the offense with efficiency. He's going to defend well and he's going to get to the basket and finish and shoot well from, from the free throw line. Uh-huh. That's what Ezra does. He's going to do it well night in, night out, and this team needs that. But Colin Smith isn't really guaranteed to have a good offensive performance night in, night out, and I think that's what you really hit on at the beginning of the year is if he does take that next step yeah. to being a star level, then this team will take the next step. I agree. And right now, I'm still in between because he mm-hmm. looks good at times, but it's streaky. Yeah. And you want to see more consistency. I want to talk about Ezra a little bit because we got a very brief, thank God brief, but we got a hell of a scare Friday night whenever Ezra was taken out of the game, went into the tunnel, miraculously came back and finished out the game. Yes, losing Tyron is bad. Yes, no one is no one is dismissing that. Losing Tyron is bad. I think if you – I don't want this to happen. I'm, I'm hoping that it was just a stretch or a stretch. Uh, just sprain. Sp- a sprain or something very casual. Jerry said we're very fortunate he was able to come out and finish the game. I think if you do somehow – I hope this doesn't happen – lose Ezra at some point, I, I think that truly, truly, truly is detrimental to the team because I get they're still without Tyron, but what you've seen from this basketball team when Ezra is not on the floor is a it's a bad basketball team. And I even with Tyron, I get it. He'd probably come back and run a little bit of the point. I like Paul Lewis. I don't trust Paul Lewis to run the one, even with Tyron out there. I agree. I think Ezra might be the most um I think he might be the most important piece on this team. Well, we haven't seen this team with Tyron. That's a good point. So, yeah. and, and I mean, they did lose to Presbyterian and have squeaked by three horrible opponents. Well, UNC Greensboro is not horrible, but not They're SEC. Ca- yeah, not SEC caliber necessarily all year long opponents. They did beat Arkansas, um, but you squeaked by those teams without Tyron. So, if Tyron comes back and everything just starts clicking, mm-hmm. then. Obviously, Tyron's the most important, but Ezra, what we've seen so far, Ezra looks like an even better player than he was last year. He looks amazing. 
What was I going to hit at? Oh, the one thing I got to get off my mind. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt won the game, okay? But if they didn't, they shot 12 of 21 from the free throw line. Bad. Isaiah West. Isaiah West. Isaiah oh. West. Zay, we tweeted about you from the TDR account more than any other player during the game against Central Arkansas. Thought Isaiah West had his best game of the season overall. Yeah. But he shot one of six from the free throw line. And and, and in important and moments in, of the game. Yes, in important Do or die moments. moments of the game. One of six from the free throw line. He did play outstanding outside of that. I think you saw flashes of what Isaiah West can be and why he was recruited into this program and why he's starting right now. You saw flashes of that. Like we mentioned last episode and the episode before, I just think he's still a year away. I think in a really good SEC basketball program right now, Isaiah West is not playing consistent minutes. No. And that's not a slighted Isaiah West. I think as a sophomore, he's going to be outstanding, and this is going to improve him even more. But Isaiah West wouldn't be playing at any of the other top-tier SEC programs right no. now. And he wouldn't be really playing near as much for Vanderbilt if they were fully healthy. So it's really it's hard to judge too much, I guess. But Carter, I'll run through the box score real quick. Carter Lang started, only played 20 minutes, no points, four rebounds. Colin Smith, 14 points, 11 boards. Isaiah West, 12 points, two boards, one assist on five of eight shooting, one of three from three. Colin Smith was two of six from three, even after that hot start. Evan Taylor, your boy, 14 points, Trevor, five of 11 from the field, three of eight from three. Not a bad performance from the boy Evan Taylor. Not bad. I, I, I'm still anti-Evan Taylor. I want that to be noted. I want that to be noted. Ezra Mignon, leading scorer, once again, a very stalwart performance from Ezra. 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 0 of 3 from 3, but 6 of 13 from the field. And you know why I liked the performance from Ezra? Free throw, baby. 4 of 4 from the free throw line. In clutch moments. The man was in the gym this summer. That's I don't need to see any more of the season to know Ezra Mignon was working his ass off this offseason. And another thing, so if you weren't watching the game, Trevor went to the game in person. I was watching on television. <laughs> After I said I would never step foot in Memorial Gym ever again. One and a half weeks later, Trevor's back. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> this this sweet lady behind me who was at the Presbyterian game, I like walked in, she pat me on the back. She goes, So I see your back, huh? And I was like, I know. She's like, What happened? And never coming back again. I was like, I'm a liar. I'm a pathological liar. I'm, and I'm, I'm mentally unstable. I'm mentally, she's like, you just can't stay away, can you? I'm like, haven't been able to. Never can. I'm a never glutton. will. I'm a glutton for punishment, baby. This is this is my this is my addiction. Now that was the lady behind me. It was very very sweet. She's been a season ticket holder for like 40 years. The lady in front of us, though, she sucks. That lady sucked. If you listen to the pod, I don't like you. You sucked. I. She was not a fan of Trevor getting excited about the ball game. And I wasn't even that ag- like I wasn't even like that like as aggressive as I normally am. Like I was just like I was standing up cheering if there was a bad foul I would let the stripes know about it and every single time she just goes and she just turns around and looks at me. And she she would me. hate me. And I'm like I just I wasn't even turned up. Y'all got you guys got a little bit of a glimpse of how I get, and it really wasn't even that bad because I was calmed down during the Presbyterian game. I get you were defeated at the Presby game. Yeah, I was I was defeated over there. I get very, very, very bad about being able to contain expletives. We gave Jerry hell when when I get when I get angry. So, Trevor, I'm sorry that you experienced that. It's it's the fog of war sometimes. (laughs) Shout out to 
His name shall not be mentioned on this pod. This that, that that's a real if you know you know TDR deep cut. If you baby. know you know. If you know the fog of war, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, like one person, <laughs> literally that. one other. Person Otherwise, that is not complete. Every nonsense. other listener is going to be like, well, "What the hell, the fog of war? What do they mean?" Also, Axel, shout out to the big homie Axel, was with me and my girl. He, uh, he, he kicked the shit out of the lady. Like, he, <laughs> he, he punted this woman. He didn't mean to. So it's getting close, and we're sitting in two L. And he looks at me and my girls. I need to go sit in the student section in my lucky seat. I need to go. We cannot lose this game. He gets up and goes, and he's like walking. And just he didn't even like kick her hard, but like he like he kicked her. And but he he was he was so sorry. Like he's he clearly didn't mean to. So he's like, Oh my god, are you okay? I'm so sorry. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? And she just look looked at him. He he's he's in her face like this. Like, are you are you okay? I, I, I'm so sorry, are you okay? And she just goes like this. She just goes, if you're not watching, you need to be watching this board. She just goes, Stonewalls him. I'm uncomfortable. Doesn't say a word to him. And he just looks at me, he goes. They just shrugs. And then went to the student section. We got the dub, baby. Axel. I don't know if it's been fully announced. Axel, newest member of the TDR staff. Here. Welcome along, brother. Welcome aboard. Going to help us with content a little bit here. And keeping the vibes going. We'll go to the bench here. JQ Roberts played 11 minutes, no points. One rebound. Tassos Comateros, once again, just a ghost. 17 also minutes. Also a crazy no block for JQ. Yeah, crazy block for JQ. That doesn't really show up as much in the box score. Tassos, just one game, he's a dynamic change of pace guy, and another, he's shooting air balls and just uninvolved in the offense. Mm-hmm. It's hard to peg where he's going to fall later in the season and how productive he's really going to be right now. I, it's very weird to me how one game he looks like clearly the best center on the roster, mm-hmm. and then this game he looks lost and and completely taken aback by the speed of college basketball. Yeah. I, I don't understand. He should be better in the future, but zero points, 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3. Jason Rivera-Torres, once again, flashing scoring ability and that playmaker creation that I think Stackhouse saw on him. Eight points, uh, 3 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. A lot of those were difficult shots mm-hmm. in key points in the game when the offense was really stalled out. He's smooth, man. He is very smooth. He's going to be a really, really good player. Paul Lewis, 15 minutes, 7 points, 2 assists, 3 of 6 in the field, 1 of 3 from 3. And He kind of looked lost on the floor. He did look a little he lost. He lost. He's looked a little lost all year. I, I, I think I don't know what's wrong with him. I think maybe it's just the offense is so out of sync with practicing all offseason and all preseason with Tyron Lawrence in the rotation. This is, Tyron Lawrence is a guy that's going to play 30 to 35 minutes a game. Yeah. So everything in the offense is built around him. So I can see why he's a little out of sync, probably doing things that he hasn't worked on as much. But against the competition you've played, he shouldn't look that out of sync. Yeah. Seven points, like I said, one of three from three. And then your favorite, Malik Presley. He shouldn't be seeing the nine forward. minutes, four points. He shouldn't be seeing. I I stand by that. I, I tweeted that out. And then he came out with like, I think like a, a three. He had a three ball. I stand by it. I'm no, not, he did not. No. Okay. Then it was a, then it was it like a scored. It was a, it was a, people were talking about, oh yeah, yeah. What do you know about basketball? And, and I'm like, I stand by it. I don't dislike the kid. He's just like we talk about Isaiah, like we talk about Zay being raw. Malik is raw to where he can be good, but like still so he's raw, not, he should not be seeing real he, minutes. Yes, he's not ready to play real minutes. No, and it, his offensive game is not there. No, at the guard position, 
and what he's being asked to play the two and three spots. His handles are just kind of like, just, he's not there yet. Yeah. It, there's no reason to hammer him into the ground. He's just a young player that's not ready, but being forced. Into it's hammering minutes. into the ground season. Baby. Yeah. We got to bring, hey, we got to bring the grit and spit back. Yeah, we do. Grit and spit. Grit and spit. Yeah, Malik Presley and Evan Taylor, grit and spit. I don't want to see you guys in the court. <laughs> but Vanderbilt <laughs> across the board really got dominated by Central Arkansas. It's kind of amazing that Vanderbilt felt like they were in control of this game yeah. a majority of the time, and really it was forcing turnovers uh-huh. uh, that caused that. Central Arkansas had 14 turnovers. Vanderbilt had nine. But Central Arkansas has really turned into points for Vanderbilt yeah. a lot more because Central Arkansas shot 49% from the field, shot 53.8% from three, and shot 8 of 13, 61% from the free throw line. And they were missing their two best players. Missing their two best players, 37 total rebounds as a team. Vanderbilt shot 44% from the field, 30% from three, and 57% from the free throw line with 34 rebounds as a team. Outgained every statistical category, Central Arkansas beat Vanderbilt except for turnovers. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Vanderbilt. Shout out to Jerry Stackhouse. We don't like to say it ever. Uh The team took care of the ball relative to their opponent. That's what won them the game. So shout out to him for that. At least we got to give props where props are due. Anything else you want to talk about with this game besides the Ezra Minone injury? This is the other thing I wanted to add on. That scared the hell out of me. I I thought I was went down with an ankle foot injury. This is the type of thing that makes a fan base love a player. Oh, yes. Central Arkansas. You've already lost to Presbyterian first game of the season. Super senior point guard against Central Arkansas. Relative, you were there. Yep. Looked like a relatively empty Memorial Gymnasium. Yeah, there was a maybe little bit of a, a thousand people. Yeah, it, it, low juice. And he still goes back into the locker room, gets looked at, gets taped up, comes back out, clearly not 100%. That thing's starting to stiffen up on him, his ankle, foot, whatever happened. Mm -hmm. Comes out and finishes the game. Mm -hmm. Knocks down free throws at the end of the game. He did have a turnover, but knocks down free throws at the end of the game. Ezra, shout out to you for having that dog in you. Ezra Mignon. Dog. <laughs> it's been established. So I needed to throw that in. It would have been very easy just, a, just for him to be like, we're just going to sit out the rest of the game. It's Central Arkansas. It's early. We have the Vegas Showdown tournament coming up. He did the opposite of yep. that. So shout out to Ezra for powering through because I, I agree, know that though. sucks. What, what a way to make to as if, as if he's not already beloved enough. What a way to endear yourself oh, to a yeah. fan base. What a way, man. But we have the Vegas showdown coming up. Vanderbilt starts out playing NC State. The other teams in the Vegas showdown are Arizona State and BYU. This is an interesting question. What do you want to see or what do you need to see out of this Vanderbilt team? And how much does it depend on the health status of their players? Because Jerry Stackhouse had a quote asked about the three guys being held out for injury. Van Allen Lubin, Tyron Lawrence, Lee Dort. I'm going to stop saying the names because I have to say them so many freaking times (laughs) on this podcast because they keep being out. But in the quote, Stack said that Tyron Lawrence is the furthest one away right now, which is really concerning to me. How much do you buy into that? How much truth do you think Stack is giving through that media quote saying that Tyron is the furthest away from being here? Do you think he's going to play in Vegas? I honestly, I don't believe anything Jerry Stackhouse says anymore. And and like that sounds spiteful. I truly don't. Um, 
and you could say I'm just I'm just being spiteful. I truly I don't I don't believe what he's saying. Um, Tyron hasn't been in a boot. He practiced before the Presbyterian game. Practiced. He literally practiced without a boot on. So I'm I'm not sure what the issue with the ankle is. Um, if anything, I would imagine Lee Dort would be the furthest from being ready. You think? You think? Um, what do I need to see from this Vanderbilt team? I mean, you need to see wins. As as boring of an answer as that is, you got to see wins. Um, it, it wouldn't save it wouldn't save the season up until this point, but beating a good NC State team would be really really big for this Vanderbilt team. Now, if there's no Tyron. I'm not sure they that's beat them where it's with tough. Tyron. Well, this you know is where I mean? it's yeah, this is where it's tough because we're trying to hypothetically judge a team that we don't even know if they're gonna have their two of their best four players. And we don't even know how healthy they're gonna be. And even if they are a hundred percent, there's gonna be rust. Yeah, that this is hard to judge. You can't go winless. No. That's the number one key here is you cannot go winless in this Vegas showdown. So there's some quality competition. I was trying to get the Ken Palm pulled up. I accidentally pulled up last year's stats. It's whatever, but what I was going to get at is Vanderbilt continues to slide down Ken Palm. And once again, it's not Vanderbilt being punished for winning games at a low margin of victory. That is such a small amount of this. It is just teams leapfrogging Vanderbilt that didn't lose to number 279 Mm -hmm. in the Ken Palm in their first game of the year. So this wouldn't even make up for it. But if you want to make up for that Presbyterian game, win two games. Oh, yeah. In this Vegas showdown. That would put you in a good spot. And make up for it, get two quality non-con wins, and then we can discuss retracting and apologizing. I wouldn't go that far. You wouldn't go that far? Okay. I, I would, I would, I'll, I'll tell you what. Can, I'll, I'll, I, all I said was discuss. I'll tell you what, though. I'll it say can, this we right can here. We begin the discussion. We can begin the discussion. I'll give Jerry a formal apology if they make the tournament. Oh, yeah. The Yeah. Yeah, that, that. Then again, now that now that I say that, that's an un, that's, that's, a a, that's a given. Yeah, yeah, we would have a formal sit down. Each of us would sit. And you have to do it more than I do because you're <laughs> you were worse. I did. You know what? And I don't take it back, Jerry. We don't take you. it back yet. We don't take it back no. yet. But we still want to see Vanderbilt I win, might, so we hope we have to take it back. I that's might, the insane. Yes, I. Part we might of us. take. We're not out on taking it back. We we are pro taking back our comments. You just got to give us a reason to take them back. Jerry. You got to give us a reason to take them back, and you can't complain as this season progresses. When our it's way too early yeah. to be really looking into Ken Palmer the net. Okay? I agree. It's yeah. too way too early. There's so many games to be played, but you can't complain when the th- when the trends that you already see happening continue to happen mm-hmm. because we know why. It's because you lost the first game of the season, and these games are meaningful. Mm -hmm. And we repeated that all offseason and last season and the offseason before last season and the season before that. So we know why. But we are willing to retract. But it's not like we were just popping off because they lost a game. No. That's not where the anger was stemming from. The anger was stemming from we know that in February we're going to be discussing this Presbyterian loss. We're going to be discussing this loss in March. When in reality... If we're on the bubble. When in reality we should have forgotten about this Presbyterian game right after the final horn sounded. Yep. It it should have just been a win in the win column, and it's just, all right, it's a bye game. You're 4-0 going into this Vegas showdown. That's what it should have been. It wasn't. Now you have to reap what you sowed. Yep. I so. agree. But if they if they somehow I'm not saying they will, but if they can somehow get two wins and win the Vegas showdown, I don't want to say things are looking up. I mean they are. But yeah, but like I'm a like I'm 
I'm not big on stocks. Would that mean I'm bullish on this team? If I'm like, yeah, like stonks going up, baby. Like I'm bullish or am I bear? Bearish. No, you're bullish. I'm bullish. If you're positive, you're bullish. I'm bullish. It's I would be bull- bullish on this. No, team. I was looking at if we had any new five star reviews, so I didn't hear. No, a bull market is good. Bear yeah. market bad. Okay. Yeah. So if we get go. two wins, I'll be big bull. If we lose, I'll be big bear. Okay. Big <laughs> big bear. All right. Stonks for you, baby. That about ends basketball talk. We will know a lot more about this Vanderbilt basketball team in year five under Jerry Stackhouse. After People are listening like, this is 26, almost 27. He doesn't know how the stocks work. It's fine. Money's not real. I think we can just print infinite money. What say you, Will? You're the money guy. Am I wrong? (laughs) I want to disagree with you, but... I mean, everything that I learned in school, currently the U.S. government is doing the opposite. So every, I, I have a finance degree, got an MBA with a concentration in finance. Everything the U.S. government is currently doing, I was taught in school, would blow up the U.S. and global economy. That was all we were told. If you just constantly incre- or lower rates of taxation within the stock market, print money, it will have uncontrolled inflation and hard assets will highly skyrocket within your country so we're getting into a little finance here but no trevor uh yes Bidenomics, we, but baby. yes <laughs> ba- long story short yes we can just print more money print more we're money. doing it right now <laughs> credit score is simply a number it's yeah, not real credit scores aren't real just go back to hunter-gatherer society do not <laughs> a, a true agrarian society yeah, do not start farming don't settle there you're gonna have credit scores in nine to five jobs and <laughs> and roth iras and 401ks don't do it all right just keep hunter gathering just we should just create our own little garden and just be like you know we're gonna be self-sustainable our self-sustaining garden in our slumlord apartment <laughs> our neighbors are our, our neighbors are dumping their cigarette yeah, ashes flipping, on our tomatoes <laughs> they're flipping cigarettes <laughs> off their deck Really seasoning up our produce. There's just empty, there's half-empty Corona bottles just littering our pepper patch. No, it's beautiful. That's already what the outside of our patio looks like, so why not add some fruits and vegetables? (laughs) Trevor, I think that's about it for basketball. It's time to get into football. We do have one new five-star review. Ooh, any more one-stars? No more one-stars. Okay, okay. Uh, Haven't read it yet, but they left it on Thursday from... O-E-K-E-K-R-J-F-J-F-D. Okay, seems like a burner. Gave us five stars. Dog. (laughs) Subject line, keep up the passion. As a super passionate fan of Vandy basketball and Jerry Stackhouse, in parentheses, mostly because he looks so good in a suit, I appreciate your podcast. You always have me laughing on here and at the game shouting at Jerry. Keep doing God's work and hope you don't jinx us with your presence on Friday. LOL. Hey, we did. Almost did. We, hey, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, did they see us yelling? At, we were we were in we were deep inside Jerry on Friday versus <laughs> pause, pause pause uh on Friday versus people are just walking by and Will and I are just screw up. Jerry, get the hell out of Nashville. Yeah, Memorial had emptied out a lot at that point. It, they could hear us. I I know yeah. Jerry Stackhouse looked up. I was like, it's it's those guys. I don't really know what they are, but I've seen them before, and this is going to be bad. Like I've definitely blocked them before, and then unblocked them multiple times. I sent them a nice picture of Tyron Lawrence with a handwritten card that I still have, Jerry. I'm not going to throw that away. By the but way, don't push me. I know I'm on some shit list. 
Because oh. I, di- I didn't get one of those. <laughs> that is true. You did not know. I was the only one of, like, the Vanderbilt fans in our circle that didn't get one. You did not one. get one. Everyone else got one. Yes. So, like, it, it gave me even more reason to believe, like, it's not just in my head. No. I am on you're a on a, You're on a bla- – you're blacklisted from uh, Vandy Hoops. Understandably. I'm shocked I, they're letting you in to Memorial. You need me. <laughs> you should be on your knees thanking Christ for me that I am who I am. Because you need me. To save you. I'm done. All right, Trevor. I've, that This feels like time for the TDR cocktail break. <laughs> Before we get into the Vanderbilt, Tennessee preview, I imagine the Vanderbilt, Tennessee preview will be brief. It'll be brief because we're not doing three keys to the game. We're not doing three keys to victory. We're not dumb. Okay. People looking at these stats and looking at these matchups. What are you looking for at this point? So that'll be coming up after the TDR cocktail break. But for right now, hit pause, go to the kitchen, grab yourself a cold one, and we will be right back. Welcome back from the TDR cocktail break. Trevor, do you have a cold one? Just some, water. Here's some delicious cold water. Show it to the camera. Out of the Nalgene. He's a man of culture with stickers. Just, it's it's actually a Vanderbilt analogy that I got from the bookstore with Vanderbilt and Lipscomb stickers. Uh-huh. That's a, a hardcore band I like. And then um, a true man of class and culture. Yeah, just just my school and my favorite school that I got into. And then they were douchebags and wouldn't work with my schedule. So oh, the prestigious academic university wouldn't work work with the working man. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, if you're hearing this, I am going to apply for my PhD eventually. So just I love you guys whenever I do send in my application for a PhD. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's more about your situation in class in life than it is about necessarily your intelligence. Yeah. Who would have thought I'm like, hey, I have a full time job. Is there any way we can move my classes to like after three o'clock and they're like no everything's going to be from eight you all, to 11 you also have a schedule that that could work for like if yeah. i if i tried to get my master's understandably 8 30 a.m to 5 p.m not a good time to have blocked off yeah you're off work you're off work at three yeah i'm yeah i'm like i can be in the classroom in my seat at three o'clock yeah i work 6 a.m to 2 30 shout out to the tennessee state government yeah shout out to that government job baby <laughs> All right, Trevor, let's get in now after we softened the blow a little bit. It's rivalry week. Vanderbilt travels. That was a hardy one. That was a hardy one. Vanderbilt travels to that ugly-ass stadium out east in those ugly-ass uniforms of orange, the jumpsuits. Travel on to take on the number 18 Tennessee Volunteers, sitting at 7-4, and dominated by Georgia last week. Last year, Vanderbilt lost 56 to nothing at home. Tennessee has won the last four ball games by very convincing margin, I would say. I'm going to start with an easy question. Is there any hope in the recesses of your fan heart that think maybe this Vanderbilt team could go up and do it? Be honest. There is a little oh bit. God, <laughs> I'm a fan. How? I'm a fan. There is a, a teeny tiny, like today at work, I was like, you know what? Like, what if it's like 21-13 going into the fourth? Like, that's not crazy, is it? Am I crazy? Yeah. I think we're going to lose, but I'm like, you know what? Like, what if like it's like a close going into the fourth? Like, I don't know. What if? Why this <laughs> angers me so much, Trevor, is I know by Friday, 
This is how I will sound. <laughs> but we're recording this on Monday, so I'm still of sane mind. And I know that, yes, Trevor, that is crazy. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, like, I'm insane. Like, I like we have gone over this many a times. But I'd be lying if I said there is, like, a small piece of it. It's like, I don't know. Maybe they can do it. I don't know. <laughs> and, and this is not. This I'm not saying this because Tennessee is as good as their fans were hyping them up to be. No, it's in been the a off disappointing season. season they have been them, disappointing, which have been delicious. Turns out, Joe Milton, not a Heisman candidate. That yeah. Hind, that Hendon Hooker guy that you guys just wrote off as a system quarterback that Vanderbilt fans were like, that guy's really good. Yeah, he was really good. These guys and Jalen Hyatt was really yes. good. And that's why and Cedric the, Tillman was yes, really and good. that's why the offense was really good. And this year the offense has just been kind of okay. Tennessee's been more of a run first team. These guys really thought a guy that got benched by Cade McNamara. Y'all remember that name? Cade McNamara would lead the balls to compete with George in the East. They really thought that a yeah, guy this, got, and this yeah. also wasn't the first time that you'd seen Joe Milton no. in a vol uniform. He got benched for Hendon Hooker because he was so inaccurate. Yep. So it it was dumb to expect Tennessee to be really competing for the East. And Georgia, the gap between Tennessee and Georgia is as big as the gap between Vanderbilt and Tennessee, if not yeah, bigger. I would have, I was going to say and if not bigger. If not bigger. And Georgia's to the point now to where like, we should talk about them like we talk about those like 2000, like those 2010s Bama teams, yeah. I think. Yes, 100%. Back-to-back national champs and probably going to do, do it again. Number one in the country for a reason again. So this Tennessee team is better than Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting that out there so that if any Vol fans tune into this portion, that's we we know. Yeah, we're not stupid. We're Vanderbilt fans. We're not Tennessee fans. Okay, we're actually intelligent. We're actually intelligent. We have jobs. We live in a city, a real city. Yeah, we the the capital of the state of Tennessee, the greatest city in the world, not the Smoky Mountains out in Kingston, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, so we live in Nashville. So, yeah, we know your football team is better than ours this year. That is without a doubt. So that's why it's really painful to say that. But this Vanderbilt defense is the real problem at the core. Mm -hmm. we, we've discussed a lot about the offensive woes, and they are many. Okay, Vanderbilt cannot run the football. Bottom 10 in all of FBS in most rushing stats. They're not good at throwing the football either bottom 20 in completion percentage on offense. But the defense is truly the worst defense maybe we have ever seen at Vanderbilt. I was going to say that, dude. I totally agree. And I know that old head Vanderbilt fans a lot of time, and I understand sometimes we are dumb to full history, okay? Because I was born in 97. Trevor, you're 97, 97 as well. 97 as well. 97. February so, 28, 1997. You know, That's my we, government birthday. There we go. May 23rd, 97. But oh, so... We have only seen what we've seen. We've only been conscious for the years we've been conscious. But numbers don't lie. And this Vanderbilt team is number 128 in the country in points per game given up, giving up 37.3. There are only 133 teams in the entire FBS. And Vanderbilt's number 128. They are bottom 10 in every single statistical category of defense you can have. They are bottom 10 in opponent points per game, opponent yards a game, opponent opponent points of play, opponent, opponent yards per play, opponent third down conversion percentage, opponent's fourth down conversion percentage, opponent's red zone scoring, all bottom 10 except for opponent red zone scoring, which is number 117. It's only bottom 15, 20 in the country. 
pretty solid. That's That'll the win problem. your ball games, baby. Yeah, this is why we're not doing a full preview. Also, Vanderbilt's run offense, bottom 10 in every single stat you can find in the country. Number 125 in yards per rush, three yards per carry. Number 129 in rush yards per game, 85 per game. Tennessee, on the other hand, this year is number two, or their rushing defense is number 20 in the country in opponent yards rushing per carry. They're only giving up 3.3. Every single matchup stat you can find for this game favors Tennessee. On top of Tennessee just objectively being a better football team. So, Trevor, do you have anything that, that differentiates from that? Because I'm looking no. I'm looking for a golden light. Please give me something. No. No, I think not only statistically. Um, then again, I, I'm not even sure if I should say this. This isn't really like news that has been released to the public, but let's just go ahead and say it. Nick Howell and Joey Lynch are out. Um, I, I, it, I would imagine that has been said behind closed doors. I, I would imagine they know they're gone. Um, and it also seems to me just from the Ole Miss and the South Carolina game, they've, which doesn't make any sense. Nailed it in. You, you'd think they would want to put something on tape for, to be like, oh yeah, like we did this for like pre, for like their next job. Um, they've completely backed it in. They, yeah. they, they don't care about this season. So even, even as bad as that is, you could be like, oh, well, Vanderbilt, maybe they can scheme up this. Maybe they can just outmaneuver this. The coaching staff doesn't care. Well, this- they just don't care. So I think I announced it out loud. I had a little break at work today. It was like 3.30, 3. And I was looking up things to get my three keys to the game together. And I was really digging into Tennessee's defense because I know Tennessee's passing defense has not been good. And Tennessee right now ranks number 124 in the country in opponent completion percentage, giving up 66.77% of passes or completions against this Tennessee defense. And then I really was like, why am I even writing this down? Because Tennessee's number 29 in the country in sack percentage. They're sacking the opponent on 7.87% of dropbacks. really good front. So none of that matters because Vanderbilt's offensive line isn't good enough to do anything on offense. Tennessee's pass defense is their weakness, but I don't think this offensive line for Vanderbilt can hold up long enough to even give them the opportunity to take advantage of that. On top of the fact that Tennessee's completion percentage is number 33 in the country, they're completing 64% of their passes, Vanderbilt's pass defense. I've already said that they rank bottom 10. Their pass defense is the second worst in the country. They're allowing opponents to complete almost 71% of their passes. That's fireable just that stat. Yep. There's no way to spin around besides the fact the players are not good enough and the scheme is also awful. It's it's yep. both. Yep. There's no other way to describe this defense than an embarrassment to Vanderbilt football. And that's not easy to say because Vanderbilt's embarrassed itself a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when you say an embarrassment, there are very rare moments that's actually true. Yeah, Sarah Fuller being a kicker, that was an embarrassment. Vanderbilt having to withdraw from the Georgia game, embarrassment. This defense, this season up there at that level of an embarrassment, truly the worst defense in the country or one of the two or three worst defenses in the entire country in any conference. Mm -hmm. Irrelevant of conference. Vanderbilt's that bad. This defense gave up 40 points to UNLV. UNLV's pretty good. I think they're 8-2 and or better than that. Probably played more games than that. 8-2, and something like that. They're good. An SEC defense shouldn't give up 40 points to them. And from then on, the Vanderbilt defense... 
gaps yeah. everywhere. Where are the linebackers? Where are the safeties? Where is the pass rush? The front, the, yeah, the front, the front is bad. The linebackers, with the exception of Langston, Langston Patterson, dog. are bad. Dog, dog. Um, cornerbacks are bad. Safeties are bad. It's just over I mean, everything about it is bad. And even whenever they do rotational, they're like, all right, let, let's give this a guy a whirl. Just not good. Just not good, man. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I, I never thought these words would really come out of my mouth. I'm really glad football season's almost over. I'm in the same boat. It has been a brutal football season at the college level. Yours has been much better. You're in Eagles regalia right now. I'm a Tennessee Titans Go fan. Birds! It's been a rough year for me in general. We're about to beat the Chiefs. I was supposedly, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I was sitting there waiting on my car at Firestone being forced to watch the shit show that was the Tennessee Titans last Sunday. And I went, let's just wrap this up. Let's just end it. But. Tennessee, are we even going to go through any of their roster? No, I mean, or do people pretty much know? People, yeah. Joe Milton at quarterback, cannon of an arm, not very accurate. No, great stable of running backs. Pig on the outside, squirrel white on the out. Not pig, that's an old player. Pig Howard, yeah, Pig Howard, it's old. Squirrel white on the outside. Bruce McCoy, Jalen Wright, Jabari no, Small Bruce at running back. I mean, this this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. So, Trevor, I think let's just hop into predictions here. Yep. Uh, just to get the gambling line out there real quick before we get into predictions, Vanderbilt is a 27-point underdog. I'm shocked it's not bigger. I am, too, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, over-under at 56.5 right now. That going to hit. Vanderbilt at plus 1,300 money line. So just to get that line out there real quick, ESPN's FPI, or Football Power Index, gives Tennessee a 95% chance to win this game. So. And just another, little stat, just another little stat I want to throw out there because everybody just is dumb. A.J. Swan is still this team's leading passer. <laughs> That's honestly crazy. I, I just have to throw that out there. What and, if he play? He's not going to play, but like I wouldn't put it past like this coaching staff to be like, yeah, let's, let's throw A.J. out there. I mean, they did it last year. I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he is, but I wouldn't put it past. Like, it would be comical. I, I mean, I'm we're just beating a dead horse yeah. at this point, but anybody out there watching and being like Walter Taylor and Ken Seals give this offense a better opportunity to succeed. I'm just not sure what you just you. don't know ball. I'm just not sure. What like people accuse us of not knowing ball. You're just, you're stuck in your ways and have some personal vendetta against AJ Swan. Yep. AJ Swan is still beating Ken Seals in passing yardage by 170 yards. He's thrown more touchdowns than Ken Seals. He's thrown 11. Ken Seals has thrown 10. I, I don't know. Only he has a higher quarterback picks. rating. Only thrown three more picks. Only thrown three more picks. He has a higher quarterback rating than Ken Seals. A lower completion percentage with more yards because guess what? This offense used to throw the fucking football down the field. Hey, but. But we don't turn the ball over anymore. Yep. Ken, Ken does give you a great, a great opportunity to punt the ball. Great and opportunity. That's, and punt. at the end of the day, punts equal points, as we all know. That's what football is all about, baby. And this Tennessee team is the perfect team to punt the football to. They, I mean, it's good to just get your defense back on the field against this slow, not high-powered Tennessee offense. So I think the punting game is going to be one of the major keys to I victory. I mean, last, se- last game of the season, perfect time to get your defense back into its mojo. Am I right, brother? They got to capitalize. They got to capitalize on, on the opportunity and, and get some momentum. Get some momentum. Going forward. Oh, yeah. It, forward to where? I don't know. I don't think there is forward in purgatory. I don't know. 
I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the plan has been for this team. We were just lied to all offseason. Yep. Everything was a sham. They were not in control. So, Trevor, let's get to predictions because now we're just rambling even more than usual. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, what was the over-under at again? 55? 56 and a half. 56 and a half. I think that definitely hits the over. I'm going to go Tennessee. I'm going to say Tennessee 52, Vanderbilt 13. 52-13. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason to really disagree with that. I've thought through my prediction. I don't have it written down anywhere. You locking it on, locking it in on the Zen? Locked in. 52-13 is Trevor's prediction. I do like that you had Vanderbilt scoring a few points. I do think Joe Milton's going to turn the ball over. Yeah, I think too a lot. I think most of it's going to come in garbage time. I, I think it will as well. I don't think this will ever truly be a tight game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope mm. this Vanderbilt team comes out and makes me look dumb for this. But I think Tennessee 55, Vanderbilt 14. 55 to 14. Very similar to yours. I, I, I said it. Yeah. When did I say it? about this defense never giving up below 30 points again. It was early. In it the was season. early in the year. And I disagreed, and then they have not. It hasn't even yeah. been close. Tennessee is going to score as many points as Tennessee wants to score against this team. It's just whether or not Vanderbilt's offense can sustain anything against a very subpar Tennessee defense. So can the offense do literally anything? I've seen nothing in the past few games that have shown me this offense can put together consistent drives. No. So I'm going to say that they're going to score 14, two touchdowns, one early, one in garbage time, but it's never going to be a game. No. Locking it in on the Zen, 55 to 14. Boy, that was a boring prediction time, wasn't it, Trevor? Mm -hmm, indeed. It would be really awesome if we could have a good Vanderbilt football team to talk about late in the season. That would make this podcast a lot more exciting. Imagine this Imagine this pot at our age, but it's like 2012. Oh, my God. The times we Imagine been. we're 26 with this pod, but it's the year 2012. Oh, what a time that would have been to be alive. I experienced it, and it was incredible. It was some of the greatest. During those two years, or three years, the 20, 2011 to 2013, I guess it was two years. I don't know. I'm bad at math. Um, three years. Three years, yeah. I don't know. I've got an A in my statistics class right now. Um, <laughs> but um, those, like, so, like, looking back on it, like, those truly are, like, some of, like, the fondest memories of my life. Not just in football, but, like, the basketball team was humming. Baseball was great. Like, it was just a great time to be a Vandy fan. We used to be kings, Trevor. We used to be kings. We used to be kings. We used to be kings. But for myself, Will Byram, and my co-host, Trevor Hewlin, this has been episode 249 of the door report powered by Corey perkins of parks realty screw the balls baby i think i'm doing it the wrong direction no that's fine